You know, this full parable, as we just read, is only found here in the Gospel of Mark. Um, you may have remembered me saying a couple times in the past about parables. Uh, you know, one of the prophecies of the Messiah was that he would speak in parables. It's kind of interesting, isn't it? It's how Jesus taught. And you may have heard me say the word parable comes from the Greek, meaning comparison or illustration or analogy, you know, kind of comparing things. Um, in summary, the parable is basically a short story that illustrates a universal truth. And that's going to be important in a moment here when I get to Thomas Aquinas. Uh, it's basically putting truth into pictures. How do we teach children? You don't give the children necessarily a big book uh, and have them read it. You give them pictures. You tell them a story. God's treating us in that way. Now, that's okay. It's not that we're stupid, but to be revealed to us supernatural truth, we don't know this on our own. We have to be shown so a parable involves a sometimes a moral story. You got this character, faces a moral dilemma. What does he do? And the parable is one that suggests how we should behave. What should we do? This is what a parable does. And I learned in seminary that basically it opens man's eyes by beginning from where he is and what he knows and taking him to somewhere that God wants him to go. So it's a growth, like a seed, like a seed. And so the simplest definition of parable I learned in seminary was an earthly story with a heavenly meaning. Okay, now how does that apply here? All right, so the parable begins with something the people could understand. Now, Jesus talked a lot about seeds and, and grain and wheat. Why? Because... These people were agrarian, all right? They could understand what it meant to plant seeds, right? So God met them where they're at and then took them to things they wouldn't understand. And that's what he tells us in this parable of the mustard seed. So let's look at this. Now, the people could understand, as I mentioned, planting, right? People could get that. Man's job is to plant the seed, but here's the point. They didn't know how it happens after that. They didn't know how the seed grew. Is there something in the seed that triggered growth? The person couldn't understand that in a way we still don't. So basically they could understand planting, that's man's job, plant the seed, but it's God's job somehow to grow it. How? We don't know. And that's what Jesus is trying to teach them. You plant the seed in a way that you don't understand, but I'm going to show you through who I am, Jesus Christ. God has it grow. And so it tells us that we are really helpless, really, and on our own. Um, man does not make the seed grow. Not only does he not make it grow, we don't understand how it grows. It just does. And in that little seed, you have the secret of life, growth itself. You may have heard me say before, man has never created anything in the full sense of the term. Now, the French Revolution and 
Others, uh, secular humanism, would like to laugh me off of this ambo. And that was the whole meaning of the Enlightenment. Talk about the Dark Ages. The Dark Ages were really enlightened, the Scholastics and Thomas Aquinas, and it was the Enlightenment that was really darkened because we don't need God. Man has it all. Well, no man has ever created, believe it or not, in the fullest sense of the term. Man can discover things like electricity, he can rearrange them like chemistry. He can develop them like engineering. He cannot, though, create anything. God created everything. We do not create. We do not create the kingdom of God. We can only help it or hinder it. That's kind of scary. God is creator. So now Thomas Aquinas who we celebrate today, fits in perfectly to this passage. Today is Thomas Aquinas' feast day, and I always remember this because it was 12 years ago today that I returned to the Marians. I had left because I thought, after three years with the Marians, that I may be called to marriage, and um, the lady that I had been very close with and was planning to marry had reached out to me, and I explained everything to my superior, and I ended up leaving and after a year, God revealed fully that it is time to come back. And I'll never forget driving back um, when Father Dan Camber had me come back on this day, 12 years ago today. And I remember asking St. Thomas Aquinas, help my faith with reason here. Show me that this makes logical sense, Lord, that this makes actual sense what I'm about to do to give up fiancé, family, children, house, business, everything. Help me, Lord, to know that this makes sense. Thomas Aquinas, help me. And I'll never forget it. I think he did. I've not looked back. Praise be to God. But Thomas Aquinas gives us something that I think are fascinating. It's called the five proofs for the existence of God. Now, Thomas Aquinas says, basically, you don't need faith at all to know that God exists. Now, who God is, like in the Trinity or something, now you need revelation, you need to understand the Trinity in a different way, but just to know God exists, that there is a creator, Thomas Aquinas teaches us, that you can do that with reason alone. And he has five proofs. If you, if you, if you have time, I can't go through them now, but if you have time, look up what Thomas Aquinas' five proofs for the existence of God. To any atheist, they're fascinating. Because it doesn't take, don't give me your theology or your, your faith. I don't believe. I look to science. I look to reason. That's what the enlightenment was. Okay, great. I'll meet you where you're at. We'll meet you and still say on your own turf, we'll show you that God exists. So Thomas Aquinas gives five proofs. And one of them that is my favorite, um, but you know, before I get into that, let's, let's talk a little bit about Thomas, because what is our faith? Our faith is, as Thomas Aquinas said, faith and reason, or our, our lives are based on faith and reason. This is what, who Aquinas was. And the Catholic Church uniquely trains her priests like any other, like no other religion, because when we go to seminary, and I'm about to give you a little seminary lesson here. We study both philosophy and theology. 
You just can't dive in to start studying the Bible. You have to understand man. You have to understand truth, objective truth. All right, then we understand better, we can never fully, but better who God is. So theology is basically faith-seeking understanding. It's basically explaining revelation. And in that searching, we see who God is, or at least as best we can. But before that, we priests or future priests study philosophy, something completely forgotten in the world today or twisted in a horrible way. The philosophy is the foundation because that is the study of truth. It's not how man thinks. Everybody now has turned philosophy into how man thinks. No, thinking could be objectively, excuse me, uh, relative. Um, well, I think this. Don't tell me what you think. I think this. It doesn't matter what we think. It, our opinions mean nothing. What matters is the truth. And philosophy exposes to us the truth of objective moral truth. This is why what's going on in the world is so crazy. It's the objective moral truth. I don't even need to apply to faith to know the dignity of human life or that marriage is between a man and a woman. I don't even have to have faith to know that in the complementarity of the sexes of male and female and how only those two sexes can bring new life into the world. And so in seminary, when you go to seminary to become a Catholic priest, unlike any other, we study philosophy first, which is understanding man, truth, nature. And then we apply that reason of the human mind to theology, faith-seeking understanding, explaining revelation, and coming to know God. You can't have one without the other. Well, why is that, Father? Because in philosophy, we study the natural and through the truth that it reveals to us, because God is truth, we're led to the supernatural. Man by himself, this is why the enlightenment fails, is because man by himself cannot exceed the natural. We have the natural, what's around us, we learn through our senses, as Aristotle taught us, but we are limited by the natural. Now, in philosophy, we study the truth, not opinion. Don't turn on those stupid shows where you have five people arguing about five different opinions. It's a waste of time. Opinions don't matter. What matters is the truth. So in philosophy, we learn the truth, the objective moral truth. God is truth. And so that link of truth, who is God, leads us to the supernatural, and that is faith. And so in it, we are taught and shown who God is. This is what seminary teaches us. And this is who Thomas Aquinas was, who we celebrate today. Now, let's go back to Thomas Aquinas. One of his five proofs for the existence of God was the proof from efficient cause or first cause. Now, that sounds a little deep, but it's not. I'm going to give you a theology or a uh, seminary lesson here that's very simple but hopefully you can understand it. All right, everything in the world has an efficient cause, all right, everything. It's maker, and that thing has a maker, and that thing has a maker, all right? Who made you? Your parents, 
Well, who made your parents? Their parents. Well, who made their parents? Their parents. Here's the point, everybody. You can't have an infinite series. That cannot go on ad infinitum. You can't just say, well, my parents were created by their parents, and their parents were created by their parents, and their parents were created by their parents. That can't go on for infinity. Somewhere it had to have a beginning point that cannot continue ad infinitum into the past. Because that series, now here's what Thomas Aquinas says. Because then the series that your parents, their parents, their parents, you can't have that, he said, because then the series would have no beginning point and therefore could not exist now. It had to have a beginning point or it could not exist now. There must have been a first maker, a first cause, and we call that God. And so let's finish with this parable of the mustard seed. The parable speaks of this. And parables are what did I just say a parable was? To reveal to you the truth that links the natural, what a man knows, with the supernatural, what he doesn't know. And the parable is the truth that leads him. So what is Jesus doing? Jesus is training like we are in seminary. We first have come to experience of the natural through our existence as a human being. But that's all we know. Then God comes in and teaches us the truth, the truth through parables, and that truth leads us to knowledge of the supernatural. So this is incredible how this passage, and this is from the day, falls on St. Thomas Aquinas' day, the guy who enlightened us, the true enlightenment to all of this. And so let's look at the truth in the mustard seed. What is the truth in the mustard seed? God wants good things to start small, to grow over time. You know, many people say, well, I have nothing to do with anything. God will take care of it. Yes, but we have to do our part. All right. God wants us to be involved, even in salvation history. Otherwise, why did he bother picking the 12 apostles? He could have done everything himself. He didn't need to have the Last Supper. He didn't need to ordain the first uh, bishops and, and the apostles, right? But he wants us to be involved. So the truth is this. God gives us intelligence, an intellect, and a will, right? With freedom, the freedom to choose to take part in redemptive salvation or not, all right? That's why a lukewarm sinner bothers Jesus so much. He doesn't want you lukewarm. Wants you hot or cold because you're using your reason. You're passionate. He plants these seeds like a mustard seed, but wants us to care for them and cultivate them, to use them. Remember the par another parable, the talents. Don't bury them in the ground and don't use them. What are the talents that you have? And it doesn't mean, well, Father, I don't have any talents. I can't do anything good. Time, treasure, or talent. Everybody, if you don't have a talent, give of your treasure. Well, if I don't have any money, give of your time. Everybody has time. And so to finish, this is why God did what he did with Jesus Christ, establishing followers, disciples who became apostles. Disciple means to learn. Then when he sent them out, apostle means to be sent out. 
And this is what he did. The farmer here prepares the soil to be one of growth for the seed. The father doesn't know how, or excuse me, the farmer doesn't know how. It's the same with his grace. We don't know how that grace applied. We don't know how that grace is somebody knocking on the doors here. Okay. Um, so this is, we don't know how, but God shows us. Put ourselves in this position. Put yourself in fertile soil, avoiding near occasion of sin, and God will transform you. He will grow you, just like this seed. Yes, God does it, but he needs our cooperation. He needs us to water, be watered. Grace saves us, but we need to cooperate with that grace. You know, St. Augustine said, God created us without us, but he will not save us without us. That's the whole message of this incredible connection of today's reading and the feast of St. Thomas Aquinas. Are you a Marian helper? Join our Spiritual Benefit Society and start sharing in the graces of all the daily masses, prayers, and good works of Marian priests and brothers all over the world. Sign up is free and easy. Simply visit micprayers.org. That's micprayers.org. Thank you, and God bless you. Please follow or subscribe to this podcast to receive the latest episodes and updates. If you have been blessed by this podcast, I invite you to leave a review. Reviews greatly improve our podcast ranking and will help spread this podcast to other people throughout the world. Are you enjoying this podcast? I invite you to listen to more shows brought to you by the Marian Fathers of the Immaculate Conception. Join us daily for enriching spiritual content, which will help you on your journey with Jesus Christ. Simply visit DivineMercyPlus.org for a complete list of our shows. That's DivineMercyPlus.org. Are you a Marian helper? Join our Spiritual Benefit Society and start sharing in the graces of all the daily masses, prayers, and good works of Marian priests and brothers all over the world. Sign up is free and easy. Simply visit micprayers.org. That's micprayers.org. Thank you, and God bless you.